Johnny Cage, Kenobi, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Sebat, Stout, Shao Kahn, Fuck, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Go, Ryan, Kotaru, Kira, Koma, Onaga, Shijin, Kotegante, Vandavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tron, Procetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Kronika, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I erase my friends' precious childhood memories and overwrite them with everything there is to know about the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, a very special guest, friend of mine I haven't gotten to see in a while, and you know what? This is just such a nice way to reconnect and to talk about Mortal Kombat lore. You know her as an actor from Apex Legends, Halo, Fortnite, Erika Ishii. Erika, how you doing? I am so, so happy that we got to reconnect in this very happy way. I saw this is the you, perfect context. Yeah, I saw you just at the beginning of 2020. And now to yes. get to uh, get a, a, my head filled with lore about yeah, the thing that you love so much. I, that's, <laughs> I'm so excited. Ah. Erica, I'm curious. So you're obviously so, so deep in, in video game town, mm-hmm. in Gamerland. Uh, as a as a, a game actor, so often, and so I'm curious. Like, uh, have you have you are you very familiar with Mortal Kombat games? Have you have you been a Mortal Kombat gamer in your life? Uh, yeah. So I would actually say I probably know the lore of mm-hmm. Street Fighter better, but uh, well, Mortal Kombat I mean, calling was... it lore is rather generous. But, well, yeah. But go it, on. It, oh wow! Ah, <laughs> uh, some some shade. Uh, <clears throat> Shots fired. Uh, you know, uh, Mortal Kombat always existed in my consciousness because honestly, um, when I was younger, there were not many instances of Asian female characters in anything Mm -hmm. really. And one, one place that they did exist was in games in Mortal Kombat. And I remember seeing Katana and, um, I did, you know, I did Japanese dance when I was younger. And so, you know, the, the fans were really cool. Cause, and now oh. I do, I do a uh, fire spinning with like light I've up seen. fire metal Extremely fans. Cool. Yeah. People are like, ah, oh, such Mortal Kombat vibes. What's the coolest thing you've accidentally lit on fire doing fire dancing? Um, coolest. Yeah. And accident. I don't, you know, I, I haven't done a time. I've only gotten to light up maybe like five times. And I Such was very lucky. Such a cool lucky. term that I imagine is like the industry term, lighting up. Lighting up. Yeah, that's the, that's the industry it. standard. Great. And, Perfect. But I never, you know, never really, because like you're, you have to be real safe. You have somebody fire safetying you. Mm. And, you know, here in L.A., we have to worry about any, you know, potential hazards for, for starting a fire. But yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing yet. But you know what? It'd be kind of funny if you're like the Santa Monica Mountains, probably the coolest thing that I've accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> I 
those cl- those that stand too close to me. <laughs> yeah. So it's I and I always sort of grew up knowing it, loving loving the costumes, loving the animations, because FMV in video games was not very good growing up and now now it's it's still not very commonly used um and it's something that i definitely hope to explore at some point more in my career um but i remember it being so cool back in the day you know the and and the, the fight animations and and uh i just i remember it being generally frowned upon by adults as too violent yeah which makes it Far more compelling than yeah. a non-violent game or a non-controversial mm-hmm. game. I right. didn't want to play Cool Spot, which my mom was fine with, even though it's technically a pretty fun game where you play as the 7-Up Cool Spot and you fight crabs. No, cool not ringing any. Spot. Yeah, Cool no. Spot. But I did want to play Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you also fight seagulls as Cool fine. Spot. Oh. Yeah. Well, that seems... That's... I mean, but that's the thing. It's like, I'm never going to rip a man's <laughs> spine out uh, by the skull. I'll never but, say never. You know, like as a kid, you know, I would never rip, be able to like reach into somebody's uh, chest cavity and pull out a still right. beating heart. But I could Didn't absolutely hurt seagulls. And I feel like that's the kind of impressionable, uh, the things that impressionable young minds would get up to. Yeah. I don't think about this. That's a good point. If I... Right. If if my child was old enough to be playing video games, I'd definitely be more worried about her learning about harming seagulls from the game Cool Spot uh, by 7-Up than I would her learning about, like, yeah, throwing a scythe through someone's mandible um, yes. in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Because she just doesn't have the upper body strength to lift a scythe right now. That's Let what alone I'm throw saying. on at the velocity it would take. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But seagulls, fun fact, you know, if you put um, a, like a towel over yourself at the beach and you just put chips on that towel, you can bag mm-hmm. a seagull like nothing. Like, like yeah. so easy. What's the most seagulls you've bagged in a day? What's like your high score seagull bagging wise? I think it was two just because it's only two because we just were laughing too hard. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, and then also I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what to <laughs> do with them. I imagine that their meat is stringy and tough and unappetizing, and so I didn't, know, yeah. didn't really think to to eat them. But now that you've said that, I am definitely going to try about it. and eat a. Seagull. Give it a shot. Yeah. Probably better cooked. Oh, well, I mean, I would not eat it raw. I, I wouldn't. I don't want to be presumptuous. But now that that you've said. Catching wild game on the beach. It's not always a beach where you can have like a bonfire. Yeah. You know, now that you've said the eating a seagull raw part of it, you know, I I think maybe, you know. Personally, I wouldn't to be clear because I think it's cruel, but I'm not going to like judge you for. Oh, live. I wasn't, definitely wasn't going to eat it live. Right. But now that you've said that out loud. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just open to all the new experiences post-lockdown, you know? I get it. Listen, we're all anti to get out there and start eating seagulls. Um, but we got to remember to mask up, be safe. Can yes, we get this absolutely. Delta variant taken care of? Get vaxxed. Vax it up. Yeah. So you have played the Mortal Kombat games. We were talking a little bit before this, and you you, you at least were aware of, of the number of games that we've gotten up to at this point. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you've kept up with them. Um yeah, I remember playing 
10, when it first came out a couple years back on, on my show Game Engine, and mm. you know, a lot of a lot of friends are in it. Um, and this was before I was in video games. So I think Mary Elizabeth McGlynn is in it, and um Erica Lindbeck is Cassie. Um, oh. I, yeah, just like a ton of it's like a who's who of cool uh, video game voice actors. I remember they're just all so colorful and fun. And so I remember that was the time that was the game. Ten was the game. I was just playing it as somebody who was sort of peripheral to the games industry, knowing people in it, and that was really cool because it feels so far away and you know, like like a thing that big kids or the thing that adults do when you're little um yeah yeah i do have a very specific memory of we might have even both been at this party but i remember that when 10 came out because i was at nerdist and at this time you were you were doing a lot of stuff at geek and sundry Mm -hmm. um there was some microsoft party that we all got invited to and it was a few weeks before my uh mortal kombat 10 came out and i remember i was walking around this party and I looked into a room and I saw that there was just a TV with Mortal Kombat 10 on it. And I spent the entire party just sitting in this room, which was lit an absolutely sickening green because Xbox. <laughs> and I did not get up from this like purple velvet couch that was in this nightmarish. Like I, in my memory, it's got like mirrored walls. It's like agonizing being in there. But I was like, fuck, I could play Mortal Kombat 10 early. And uh, I believe former guest of the show, mutual friend of ours, Whitney Moore, was there and was also playing. Jesse oh. McKeel, I think, was there. Um, but it was pretty great. We went to a very cool swanky party and just played Mortal Kombat 10 the entire time and then left. Oh. It was wonderful. What? That's, that is the, the ideal. Now, that sounds like it could have either been one of the Microsoft E3 parties or been, yeah. I know I that there was, there's another connection where um, back in the day, Machinima had a party um, mm. through a party for E3, I want to say, and it was bonkers. They had a lot of people cosplaying as uh, Mortal Kombat characters. Okay, I remember this party vividly. Right? Yeah. And, and, and then, so I, this was before I was sort of with the cool kids doing the party thing. But my, uh, but my friends that were, that worked for uh, the Labyrinth of Jareth were some of the dancers and the performers. And like, you know, there was the, there was the, you know, definitely silks and like fan dancing and like, women that had metal bikinis with the with the grinders and the sparks on them yes that is what i remember it wasn't just the women it was it was women that were in metal bikinis and men dressed as sub-zero and they all had metal they all had metal buckles like near their crotches and then like little power saws (laughs) yeah Yeah. and they would just saw their crotches and sparks would just fly out at the crowd Occasionally, I have to verify that that is something that actually happened. Yeah, you know? same. Actually, I think about this party often. Yeah, I was. I actually, you know what? I think they just did it at Comic Con any three because I went at Comic Con, but I do remember friends going to the same. Oh, it was Comic Con. It must. It was. Uh, it must okay. have been. I Comic-Con. think it was Comic Con yeah. because I. Another thing that I remember is that I was too drunk 
to to be there and i walked in and i was so excited i was like whoa sub-zero he's doing crotch sparks this is the craziest thing i've ever seen and then within maybe like 10 minutes i was like i gotta go and i, just turned <laughs> I cannot be here out. i was like this is really really loud and i'm worried about what's gonna happen to the sparks so uh i don't need to see anyone buzzsaw their dick off at this party i'm just gonna go <laughs> And so I can't, uh, and so to be honest with you, I do not even remember if I was at that party or if I have seen just enough footage and pictures Mm -hmm. of that party. But I know for a fact that there are friends of mine now from both groups, the the, the performers group and the attendee sort of nerd media people group that know each other now. And we're like, wait a minute, were you at that party where there was Sub-Zero with the crotch sparks? Yeah. Uh, and and discovering that that was this sort of shared uh, root trauma that we all had, yeah, yeah, shared trauma. <laughs> it's something we all survived together. Was <laughs> no. almost seeing uh, a Sub Zero dancing to EDM as he buzzed on his crotch off in front of a terrified crowd. Um, <laughs> Just to be clear, as far as I know, the, that guy did not buzzsaw his crotch off, but right, it seemed right. close enough to being possible that I had to go. So I can't confirm <laughs> that it didn't happen. It, it, yeah, but I, it probably, it most likely didn't. Probably. But but also, like, would, but, would they have told us about that, you know, if it did? No. Machinima had enough money that at that point quiet? to cover it up. Because <laughs> they also funded that Mortal Kombat Legacy web series, which is probably why they were doing... That was it. That That's the party. connection. Yeah. That's the connection. It's all connected. Wow. <laughs> what a time. Yeah, what a time. look at us now. Look at us now. Look at us. Look at us. Just here to talk about, continue to talk about that party. <laughs> Make that party live so, on in our collective <laughs> traumatized consciousness forever. So I will say, I think this is kind of a perfect character that we're going to talk about today because I feel like this is a character who, in the history of Mortal Kombat, has eternally fallen through the cracks. She mm-hmm. she appeared for two games, one of which included every character, so it's not much of a brag on her part. Um, and it's literally like the middle games of the series, so she hasn't appeared in a long time she didn't appear for a long time when she first showed up Mm. and her story is very much like on the fringes of the mortal Kombat world and that it's about a lot of fantasy stuff where you're like that's mortal Kombat, huh so i kind of feel like there's a lot of this that's going to take you by surprise despite being more familiar with mortal Kombat. i'm excited about that uh but before we do talk about ashra who we'll be covering today um Every season of the show, I have a prompt that I like to ask uh, my guests that's based on a theme that kind of ties all the characters we're covering that season together. So, uh, for example, Mortal Kombat 2 is the game that introduced friendships. Every character in that game, introduced in that game, had an important friendship in their lives. So I was asking my guests about a a special friendship they've had in their lives or how we became friends. Um, The previous season, we covered a game called Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. So I was asking guests, hey... Um, what's a deadly alliance that you've had in your life? Uh, This season, we're primarily talking about characters that were introduced in a game called Mortal Kombat Deception. Uh, So I ask you, Erica, uh, has there been a time in your life that you've been deceived? That I have been deceived? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm usually very good at 
Um, I'm usually very good at at, at winnowing out mm. uh, mm-hmm. untruths. I so this this is a this is a this is a twofold betrayal, um, and that mm. I I found out. So so the the guy I was dating at a time. Uh, was going to throw a surprise party for me. Um, and I, you know, I didn't know. Uh, there, I, had, I had zero idea. Hence and a surprise. He, yeah, and he, I guess, had asked one of my friends who he didn't really know that well. Um, and I was over at that friend's house, and I saw on the calendar, it said, uh, Erica surprise birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, there was no attempt at all to hide it. The calendar was just out in the living yeah. room. And I was out over at this friend's house very frequently. So I don't know what he thought he was pulling. But I I started flipping, <laughs> flipping out. Um, and I was like, what? What is this? What is this? Mean? Who, who is doing this? What is happening? Uh, and then he, he was like, we have to take this to our graves. He can never know that I told you that that I was the the the, the weak link. The betrayer. Yeah, yeah the betrayer. Uh, and so we, we conspired together and I acted incredibly surprised when it happened. Um, and being You're an actor, actor. So I imagine it was pretty convincing. Yeah. Being an actor and somebody who is actually very easily excitable in a very over-the-top way, it was easy to tell that lie. Mm. Um and and I, I feel I felt like but it but it reminds me it reminded me that surprise parties are by their very nature just deception deceptions by mm-hmm. the people that you love and care about the most and i love surprises and surprise parties but there's a little <laughs> bit of me that that you know thinks like oh all my friends were talking about me and i wasn't there oh yeah yeah it's paranoia hard, hard, hard to hard to reconcile that you know it's nice to know that your friends are thinking about you though it's true it is yeah that's a very nice deception story most of the time people are like here's some here's a time someone lied to me and it hurt my feelings so that's a nice. You found a nice spin on uh, on deception. You were deceived into thinking you weren't going to have a birthday party, and then you did yeah. have one. That's honestly, I feel like that's like a pretty good because everyone wants someone to have planned a surprise party for them because it means that someone really cared about you and wanted to see you be happy in a way you were not expecting, which is a very yeah. sweet thing. I've always thought it's a very sweet thing. So everybody like wants a surprise party. The other side of it is that uh, nobody wants to be at a party that they were not prepared to be at. <laughs> or maybe that's me making a generalization <laughs> about like myself. But like You just told on yourself. You're an yeah, introvert. I told, I told an on introvert. me. I'm, I'm not really. I guess it's more one of those things where it's like, you know, if I'm like bumming around in a t-shirt and like shorts as I am now, like I don't want to suddenly be transported to a party that's all about like me. Like, I want to look nice. I want to be presentable. I want to have been prepared for, uh, you know, talking to lots of people, seeing people, like, have my energy. I want to maybe get an espresso beforehand so I can be lively. I feel like the people that love you and care about you would be thoughtful enough to say, like, hey, you know, uh, Hmm. here's this uh, double shot. Uh, We're we're going somewhere fancy tonight uh, for dinner. Throw on a suit. Nice. Here's a double shot. We're we're gonna go catch a screening yeah. of F9, the Fast Saga, yes. and then surprise, 
actually, we got to stop at home for something real quick. Boom, surprise party. Exactly. Exactly. That would be. That's that, the way to do it. I think. Yeah. yeah. That, that's part of it. Is 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 the the consideration is not lies not only in the planning and making a party for everybody else, but in tailoring that party to you. Yeah. Surprise parties. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. On the other side of it, I do think a funny way to do a surprise party would be to set up a slip and slide right at the front door. So that in addition to <laughs> the surprise of walking in and going, oh, it's a party, you go, whoa, and like yes. slide through the room. Who doesn't, or like a pie, a good pie in the face. Oh, that's good. Some sort of Acme style contraption. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I was, I had a friend paid me to pie their sister. So like time, a kink I had, thing, for, or was that? No, I it oh, was okay. for a while, like just post <laughs> high school. Uh, I don't know. Well, actually, I don't want to, like I don't know. It might have been like that's like I don't want to kink mm-hmm. shame or anything. But sure. uh, it was it was. Listen, my sister's into pie stuff, and I just you know if you could, if you could pie her. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, it's happy <laughs> birthday. Baby. Um, but it was it was for a while. I had a pie assassin, uh, mm-hmm. career aspirations mm. um you know right around when i graduated high school people were saying oh like oh what do you want to do and i'd come up with something that i wanted to do it sounded fun uh that was anything except for actually I have to talk about my future one of those was uh, right. start a pie assassins guild you know kind of like kill That's bill cool. but, but for pies we'd all be right. named after just some pies different pies i'd be key you could, honestly like i feel like with the right like shitty millennial startup name you could probably get a pretty good business going call mm-hmm. it like piley or uh like pi.ly could work yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. Um, or like um or like uh pied pied yeah piper <laughs> i could also see they call it like cherry on top and it's like okay yeah. all the pies have like a single maraschino cherry Right, but it's like, yeah, you can you can get on the app, and like, it's it's just so easy. You don't even have to think about it because it's like, oh, here's ten bucks. I know someone's gonna get pied today. Right. The next time I run into uh, a web designer or or anybody mm-hmm. really involved in tech, I'm gonna say, hey, I have this great idea for an app, and that's yeah. gonna be my pitch. And you're gonna pitch it, and then they're gonna say, so no, you don't. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great. You great. have an idea. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, a great story of deception uh, and a great examination of a solid business idea. Thank Piley. you. Thank you. I mean, if you want to, <laughs> if you ever think about investing, or, or you know, if you want, you want to cut, like, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Getting cool. on the ground floor. Yeah, is that an open invitation to me or to the listeners at home? Oh, anybody? Yeah, I mean, like, if, okay. if enough people ask, I'll, I'll crowdfund. We we can crowdfund this, you know. Yeah, Indiegogo.com/slash/pi.ly. Yeah, yeah. Slash cherry on top. Slash cherry on top. <laughs> See, the overhead's really low if you just do pie tin classical filled with whipped cream and a cherry, and you don't do the actual pie. There's no cooking thought. involved. That's my yeah, so you yes. could actually you could probably make bank even if it's just like ten bucks a pie. Um, and then if you want to upgrade, you could get like banana cream or something. We can mm-hmm. we can get into the nitty gritty later. For now, let's start right, talking about right, our right. show. We'll, we'll we'll make the yeah we'll we'll put the pitch deck together. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> later, All right? Ashra though. Okay, so before we dig into like Ashra and her specific personal story, um, 
a little context that might help just like follow where things go a little bit just like this is sort of the basis of the mortal Kombat story i know some of this you're familiar with so i'll i'll make it brief but uh generally speaking in the world of mortal Kombat, in the lore of mortal Kombat, uh at the uh, dawn of time there was a pantheon of gods and called the elder gods and there was the one being who created them the elder gods got sick of the one being uh telling them what to do sapping their energy and they decided to hack the one being into a million pieces and create these realms, which are basically different dimensions, out right. of these pieces of the one being so that the Elder Gods could power trip and have something to rule over. Um, and each of those realms was assigned a sort of sub-god below the level of Elder God that would be in charge of like protecting that realm so that these realms ideally would not discover each other, would not re-merge together, and the one being would never like come back after all the realms had conquered one another. Rematerialized, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, a part of that was to create a fighting tournament called the Mortal Kombat Tournament, which actually won't be relevant today. Uh, it's not a big part of Ashra's story. <laughs> Ironically Oddly enough. It doesn't enough. happen very often, but in this case, it does. It does happen. Um, so one of those realms is called the Nether Realm. And it's basically if hell was a dimension. Um, and it's a place that it looks a lot like hell. There are demons that live there called Oni. A lot Oni. of hot demons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of hot demons. Well, you know, you got kind of scary monstery demons. Um, and then you also have like hot sexy demons. Um, well, well, got, okay, I'm going to stop right there. I don't want to, you know, uh, derail the conversation too much. But... Monstery looking, monster looking demons and uh, hot, sexy demons are not two mutually exclusive things. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I guess I should specify there yes. are like dudes who have flayed the skin on their face in order to create a ghastly and horrific mm-hmm. death mask to strike fear into anyone who gazes upon them. Um, and then there are. Uh, big ogres who've tied rocks to their hands, which I'm now realizing even just saying that are definitely very sexy to at least Ye- some people. Yep. Yeah, crushing I mean, the rock. This is, I, they, you know, that, that statement was, was monster fucker erasure and I won't stand for yeah. it. That's fair. No, as I said, yeah. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nope, I'm, I'm kink shaman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so people for sure want to fuck at least, at least one person out there somewhere in the universe wants to fuck every single monster in the nether realm. To be clear, uh, mm-hmm. but also not to sexualize them. They're just people. They're people That's that true. live in the nether realm. Yeah. You know, and uh, they go about their lives. Yes, there is sort of an emphasis on torture and murder and fear and evil. Um, but f- for the most part, it's like you could just kind of be born in the nether realm and like mm-hmm. live your life, go to work every day. And uh, maybe work involves like, you know, flaying people, but um it's, it's work a job. And, then you, and then you head home it's a living yeah so <laughs> <laughs> so ashra is a demon who has grown up in the nether realm she uh grew up there alongside her demon sisters all under the protection and rule of the god assigned by the elder gods to protect the nether realm a guy named lucifer <laughs> so the lines are <laughs> very blurred <laughs> Between the uh, the nether realm, which is not and the, hell, and Mortal Kombat, and the like, Judeo-Christian biblical hell. hell yes, yeah. I see. It's, I see. A, it's a guy who I guess one could only say happens to be named 
Lucifer. Yeah, there's a lot of guys named Lucifer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, life is fine in the Nether Realm, but Ashra is keenly aware of the fact that she can never leave. Um, leaving your dimension, your realm, is not something that, like, happens in the world of Mortal Kombat unless you are specifically, like, either the Conqueror or the Conqueree. Um, at a certain point, you know, various magics allow travel between the realms but for the most part ashra is like this is where i live this is where i'll always live this is Mm -hmm. this is life i'm in the nether realm um one day uh an elder god named shinnok basically went to war with the other elder gods because he was like we should get to go down there and just fuck with people in the various realms and the other elder gods were like dude what no what that's not what any of this is about and so they imprisoned him in the nether realm and were like lucifer keep tabs on the Shinnok guy. He's fucked up. Mm. And Lucifer was like, I mean, we all are, but okay. I'll watch him. So, (laughs) (laughs) so over the years, you know, Shinnok's locked up in the nether realm. And, uh, over the years, various people come into contact with him where he's locked up and being tortured. And he starts to kind of form this cult around him called the brotherhood of shadow um and it's led by this guy named quan chi who is a necromancer uh one of the more recognizable mortal Kombat characters yeah, you've probably yeah. at least heard his name before yeah. yeah so uh ashra winds up falling in with this brotherhood she meets quan chi she meets some other people in the brotherhood of shadows and she's like this seems pretty cool i think i'm team shinnok so i think i'm gonna help them overthrow lucifer and free Shinnok so that he can be the god emperor of the nether realm and we can just do bad shit i think Shinnok at that point was probably his sales pitch was like we'll conquer all of the realms and rule over them and ashra was like i'd like to see the other realms it sounds cool okay let's do it i'm curious i'm realm curious (laughs) (laughs) this feels like a good setup for uh and i this is where the i want song would go yeah so she goes back you know she of course she goes back to her her little demon hovel and she sings her iteration of part of your world Mm -hmm. or uh whatever the frozen song is where she's like open the gates um yeah first time in forever it's that yeah, one. I first think. Time, yeah, yeah. First time in forever. Yeah. Or you got your uh uh wouldn't it be loverly if you're, oh, if you're yeah. more into musical theater or you know Alexander Big Lady stands here at the Mortal Podcast shot. World. Yeah. 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 My shot, you know, you just you, all the Disney princesses mm-hmm. and and uh and Alexander Hamilton. Great leading ladies. Yes, and then Alexander <laughs> Hamilton got an yeah. I want song in them. Yeah. Yeah, this is Ashra's I Want song, which probably is only as complex as I want to murder Lucifer and help Shinnok conquer the demons. And then, I don't know, he said something about conquering other realms. I just found out there are other realms. Why not? Let's try it. See, so, Alan Menken could take that that and polish it up into something yeah. Oscar worthy. It felt polished to me, but you know, I guess. Oh, it, yeah. Everyone well, has their own opinion. It's fine. Well, you know, we can. It's it's <laughs> like we haven't mixed it yet. We haven't. You know, it's not mixed. Can, It'll sound better when it's mixed. It's so much better after after yeah. post. Yes. I don't know if you've listened to an episode of this podcast before, by the way, Erica, but it does start with me singing the uh, entirety of the Mortal Kombat theme song, the names of every single character in. Mortal Kombat. Beautiful. It's pretty well mixed. 
beautiful. Not to toot my own horn. I didn't mix yeah, it. But, yeah, uh, But it is mixed. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so Ashra's like, let's do this. They murder Lucifer. <laughs> Just fully murder him. Um, yeah. They, like, free Shinnok from his demonic shackles. Shinnok is like, oh, 10,000 years gives you such a crick in the neck. And then he probably like throttles a demon and like rips another one's spine out. And is like, it's fun to do that. I'm evil. Mm-hmm. Um, God, and... this, this movie, this movie just pitches itself. It does. It's just, it's so easy. It's like, oh, why did I unleash this guy? But no, she's actually like unleashing this guy rules. I don't know any better than want anything else. I like this. Let's do it. So, uh, so Shinnok's like, listen, everyone take a knee brotherhood of shadow and everyone in the brotherhood of shadow takes a knee and he's like i got i've been talking to i've been poisoning the mind of someone in the realm of edenia which is a realm of hot wizards and uh we're gonna go to the hot wizard realm and we're just gonna start murdering you know and we're gonna improvise and we're gonna take it one day at a time and just uh you know enact a campaign of slaughter across the various dimensions and Ashra was like, sick, 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 let's do this. Um, <laughs> so, on board, on board. Yeah, she was in, she was in. So they uh, travel to Adenia. They get to murdering. Quan Chi and Shinnok are like, come on team, let's do it. Ashra is in Adenia. She's like, this seems so cool. And, um, and then a bunch of mortal martial artists from Earth show up and just kill <gasps> Shinnok. <laughs> <laughs> just like just like pretty easily they just roll up and are like boom dead <laughs> but he's like a like an elder god yeah but you know the earth realmers just wanted it more oh <laughs> like an independence day it's it's uh it's a lot like independence day right where it's like the odds were certainly stacked against them mm-hmm. shinnok is very powerful but Liu Kang, specifically the ah, chosen yeah, warrior okay. of Earthrealm. Yeah, you know, he's... Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. He's just... he. You know, he did the work. He put in the work. Mm-hmm, and he murdered Shinnok. And uh, Shinnok's souls eviscerated or whatever happened. And Ashra was basically like, wait, did I make a mistake? This went pretty much south right away, and I don't. Was that a good idea for me to Almost go with these guys? Immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it was a couple days tops. Oh. It's pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. So, with like a pretty good number of the Brotherhood of Shadow dead, Shinnok dead, Quan Chi is like, we're all getting sent back to the nether realm. We can't stay here. We don't have Shinnok's magic to like allow us to be out of the nether realm. Oh, so, go- so, so, so it's like a, like a situation where it, it's not like they've just like broken through and they can just live and exist in there. It's like a, it's like a, you know, astronaut situation. They're not on their own plane, so they can't exist there without magic. Yeah. It's like a touch of that and like a dash of the god that protects Earthrealm and was also helping with Adenia was like lightning and they were like, we're defenseless. And so oh. it was like too dangerous in many ways to stay out of the Netherrealm. And it was hard to like survive outside of the Netherrealm for a bunch of I demons see. that subsist entirely on evil. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so Asher was like, back in the nether realm genie's back in the bottle and she's like well that kind of sucked 
I think maybe best case scenario, Quan Chi, not a very good leader. <laughs> yes, clearly. Shouldn't be in a leadership position. You know, failed. There's nothing worse than a failed cult leader. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's just kind of awkward for everyone. Everyone's like, ah, I say I'm walking on eggshells around this guy, but like clearly we're all over it. So, so Ashra is like, Quan Chi is like, hey, Brotherhood Shadow is still on. We're gonna come up with our own plan to conquer the realms. And he like orders Ashra to do something. Probably like, hey, go like, start getting all the skeleton horses ready and she just says no she's like i'm not doing the brotherhood of shadow anymore this is stupid this didn't work out i'm gonna go back oh. to doing what i was doing or find another way to leave the nether realm because i want to i've gotten a taste of what's out there and i'd, li- I'd like a little more quan chi does not like that so he hires an assassin within the brotherhood of shadows to murder her specifically one of her own demon sisters which is pretty messed up whoa one of her own demon sisters still drinking the kool-aid uh and is like all right i'll go kill ashra she's a non-believer here's where things get really weird (laughs) here is where things okay Okay. i mean it's been pretty straightforward so far to be honest it has you had your i want song you had the the rise and fall of the villain so so ashra finds out that one of her sisters is after her and is like i gotta hide and so she goes hiding somewhere. It's never really made super specific in lore, but probably like some cave or some cavern. She falls through a hole and is like, whoa, where am I? And while she's hiding, she finds this sword that <sighs> she grabs onto. And uh, I don't know if she named it this or if the sword conveyed to her that this was its name or if it was written mm-hmm. on it or near it. But she says this sword is named Chris. We love a named sword. Yeah. Even if that name is like something that is just like the middle manager, uh-huh. you know, would be named. Yeah. Chris. It's, it's Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's just Chris. Uh, she's like, Chris is my sword. So this is Chris, the sword. <laughs> so. Oh. Yeah. Um. Now, I, there's a couple of reasons I think this thing is actually named Chris. It's spelled K-R-I-S-S. That is the name of an actual kind of sword, and it does look like that kind of sword. Oh, it's I a little see, curvy I sword. See. Yeah. Yes. So yes, it's okay. possible that she was familiar oh. with that variety of sword. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, this muddies the waters a little bit because at the same time she says, this is the holy sword, Chris, and it is speaking to me. And the sword is like, hey, what's up? This is Chris. Um, I and I will also say this is like one of several times that a sword talks to someone in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but the sword is like, it tells them what to do. The sword says like, hey, yo, this is Chris. Um, listen, you got to use me to kill some demons. It's the only way out of this. You got to take me and just start slitting some demon throats, mm-hmm. cutting some demons, uh, you know, left to right, up and down, split them in half the long way, whatever you got to do. It's time to start demon slaughtering. And, time to and fight then back. it's the only and then and then she gets what she wants. And then, um, no, you know, it didn't really offer her anything in exchange at this point. It was just like, start killing people. And she was like, oh. yes, sir. Yes, Chris. I will. <laughs> so 
Nice. Uh, so she did. She burst out of that hiding place and just started slaughtering demons. Just like, boom, stab, stab, stab. Like Gerard Butler in in like a White House Down movie. Um, it was, sorry, Olympus Has Fallen. Um, it, you know, that movie where he stabs like 100 well, I, guys in the head. Are there two, are those two different franchises? Yeah, there was White House Down, which is, well, it didn't become a franchise. I think they wanted it to. It was, it was Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx played the president. And it was a PG-13 movie and it was Roland Emmerich. And it was okay. And then there was oh, Olympus Has Fallen. Roland Emmerich does, does, you know, sort of like the whole... Yeah, in Independence Day. He loves Again. destroying the White House. It's like yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roland Emmerich, first filmmaker I worked with in LA on a movie that got canceled after about eight weeks. Oh, um, that's so cool though. It was it was pretty what cool. Was it? Are you it allowed was, to was, say? Yeah, they, they announced it. They just didn't make it. It was this movie called Singularity that was kind of like a superhero movie if the superhero was a guy made entirely out of like nano drones. Like Sick. nanomites. It was pretty cool. It was yeah. Weird. It was a very weird script. It was kind of cool. Okay. So so she's Didn't stabbing people in the head. She stabbed uh, people in the head White like Gerard Butler. Uh, okay. No. Uh, Olympus, Olympus has fallen, fallen style. The one that did become a franchise. I think there's like a fourth one coming out soon. Um, they're all like kind of racist and extremely violent. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she murders like a shitload of members of Brotherhood of Shadow, probably including her sisters. Um, and it's getting kind of, it's going kind of overboard. <laughs> She's like on a real killing spree and something that she notices is that every time she kills a demon, she feels cleaner. Oh, her soul feels cleansed. And, uh, I was trying to figure out where the best place in this story to drop this piece of lore is, because this is actually a piece of information that. Ashra never found out at any point in her life, but I'm going to tell oh. you the, the truth about the sword because it gives you a little bit of context for what was happening. As far as Ashra knew, she had this sword that was like, Hey, I'm Chris, start killing demons. She started killing demons. and She started feeling good. Yeah. Now the, the not much is known in mortal Kombat lore about how the sword was created, but its name is not Chris. I don't know why I lied to her about its name being Chris. The sword's actual canon name is Datusha. Datusha was forged with the intention of killing vampires. Uh, a vampire in the vampire realm, uh, an entire dimension just of vampires, called Veternus, uh, that was the name of the realm, the vampire's <laughs> name. This is, by the way, I will say, the only time this person has a name anywhere in all of Mortal Kombat lore. So I don't even know why this is in any way lore at all but a vampire named kahil grigesh uh, okay got the sword at some point in the vampire realm uh it drove him crazy he killed tons of his own kind thousands and thousands of vampires almost the entire realms worth of vampires with the sword then realized what he had done and actually brought it to the nether realm where he committed uh harakiri to uh trap it there forever oh um, Yes. But how did he get into this realm? So he, how did he get to the nether realm? Yeah. The, there might be an answer to that and we'll get to it in the, a second. The lore is not, uh, is not clear. Then. There is an answer that is also not clear. <laughs> okay. There and then, a, so... There's a direct answer to that question. It does not clear a lot up, oh. but it'll, it'll come up because it will come up for Ashra as well. So, 
so Asha really? doesn't know that's the truth of the sword. She just knows okay. that it's Chris. What are you going to say? Oh, so also going back to the vampires, is this like Natara's people? Well, yes, it is. And we'll, <gasps> Natara, Natara will come up. Ah. So, so Ashra comes up with a new plan, realizing that she's feeling cleaner and cleaner the more demons she kills. Uh, she realizes. Now I don't know if she knew that this was an option before or what, but she decides she is going to kill enough demons in the to nether like get room. Get out of hell card, right? Exactly. Right? Becomes so pure that she can't even exist in the nether realm, and we will become a, I believe, a risen demon. Oh. Is the term they use, or an uplifted demon, or a sanctified demon, something like that? I think it's risen demon. There's a specific name for this kind of a demon, but it's a demon who becomes so so good they can't be a demon anymore. They got to leave the nether realm. They get booted up. They get sucked up into some kind of a good people tornado. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think there's she. Like, there's like a version of that in Buddhism, Shintoism, where it's just like, oh, you did too good, so you can't be. You'll be reincarnated. Yeah, you can't be in, you know, can't be a demon anymore. Yeah. It's, then it's basically that because she, it's not even reincarnation. It's weird because this is the, also the only time heaven is like really brought, it's brought up a couple times, but not seriously. But like, she very sincerely believes she will become an angel of light in heaven. And whether or not heaven exists in Mortal Kombat is questionable. That might just be another word for, the realm where the elder gods live. Ah. And, and I, I don't know what their intentions would be, but I think that they may have created the sword and I'll get into why in a second. Oh, okay. So she goes on a killing spree through the nether realm. And in doing so, she meets a few people, some of whom will come up later on in the season. <clears throat> some of whom uh, it's just kind of funny that she met them. She encounters a guy <laughs> named Shujinko. Uh, who's just kind of like a young dude who's like, hey, I'm in the nether realm. I'm kind of lost. I'm looking for this thing called a Kamidogu dagger uh, or just a Kamidogu. Do you know where I can find one of those? And she's like, no, but I'm going to teach you how to kill demons because I'm really into that right now. And she just teaches him how to kill demons. And he's like, okay, cool. Wow. <laughs> just like leaves. And she's like, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she meets this guy named Ermac. And she's like, well, you're clearly a demon. And he says, well, sorry, they say, uh, we're not demons. We're thousands and thousands of souls uh, bound into a single corporeal form. And Ashra's like, nuh-uh. And so she tries to fight Ermac, and Ermac knocks her over and is like, no, I'm serious. We're a bunch of ghosts. We're not a demon. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, uh, all right, my bad. <laughs> Ermac <laughs> walks away. And uh, and then the this was the big one for her. She met a truly evil being, someone oh. who was not a demon, but committed themselves so much to evil, just like conceptually, <laughs> that he actually found himself uh, banished to the nether realm and liked it there and wanted to stay there. And that's a guy named Noob Saibot, who you may or may not be familiar with. He. He's actually the first Sub-Zero from the second oh! or from the first Mortal Kombat game um, turned into 
a uh, just a being of, of pure evil. Wow. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? It's like it, it's better to rule in hell, you mm-hmm. know, than, than serve in heaven. Yeah. And he doesn't even want to rule evil either. Like he's kind of like, uh, I just want to do bad time. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's a, he's a simple man of simple needs. And that's to just like do bad stuff mm. or whatever. Or whatever, indeed. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you know, just getting a little bit of mischief and mayhem, throwing a little murder. Yeah, he's a bit of a rapscallion. Seagull, seagull eating. Yeah, he's like a seagull catcher. <laughs> yeah, he just likes to do cruel things. Now there's a man who would would eat a eat a live seagull raw. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. If they have like skeletal, you know, green eyed seagulls in the nether realm that hang out by like the lava beaches. He probably <laughs> fucks with them just to just to be mean. Yeah. Truly really uh, evil behavior. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh so she does fight Noob Saibot. She gets the drop on him, and despite him being a legendary warrior, using using uh Chris, aka Datusha, she does manage to defeat Noob Saibot and finds her body uh floating into the air. It's happening. <gasps> It's happening. It. Yeah. She she cleansed her soul so much that it's just like totally clean. Um, the issue is that she was arguably completely insane at this point. Um, she, this is, so this is the part where it's like, this is maybe what happened and maybe just what she says happened. Oh. But she was thrust before a group of celestial beings in heaven uh, and told that she was the chosen uplifted demon that would become an angel of light and be the true wielder of the Chris blade, um, whose job it would be to drive evil from the world. And uh, that is what she said happened when she suddenly showed up out of a portal in Vaternus, the vampire realm. Oh, so probably there was some force sending people around to different realms with this sword. Maybe the elder gods, maybe it was heaven. This is never made clear in Mortal Kombat lore. So one can only guess unreliable narrator in Mortal Kombat lore. Yeah. Amazing. So it's like, well, maybe this is what happened. It would kind of explain all this stuff with Kahil Grigesh, but also Ooh. he might have just figured out his own way to the Nether Realm, and and it would make more sense if there wasn't like a weird council of elder right. gods. Right, like, so that's why that's why yeah. there is an answer, but it is very nebulous. Yeah. It could be one of those things where it's like maybe thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago before even Kahil Grigesh, uh, there was like a vampire god who wanted to conquer the realms and the elder gods were like, we're not supposed to interfere, but maybe we can make a sword that poisons people's minds and makes them want to kill vampires and they'll kill a lot of vampires, but they'll also kill this one vampire who is at risk of reuniting the realms. Maybe, maybe if, if I had to guess. Okay. That's that something is, that is yet to be explored, though. Yeah, and likely to never, me. ever be explored. <laughs> because, again, this is like minor lore in the sixth Mortal Kombat game that has never been addressed again since then. Wow. 
and and then so that's that's where we leave her. She she has arrived in the vampire realm. That's where we're at now. So she there was there's a bit more to go. So she then said, "Well, my job is to purge evil across the realms. So time to get to killing." Now, here's some, a little bit of lore, a little back, background on, on Vaternus before she reached it. Vaternus had been conquered by another realm called Outworld um, a long time ago, centuries, maybe thousands of years ago. Um, and Nitara had only recently at this point successfully unmerged Vaternus from Outworld and made it its own independent realm again so that the vampires oh. could be free to do their thing. And live in the vampire realm. So they had just achieved freedom again. Mm-hmm. And then Ashra comes out of a portal and just starts murdering them oh. with the ancestral sword that had wiped out most of their species in the first place and oh. left them open to being conscripted to Outworld in the first place. Bad That's luck. a bad time for everyone. It really feels Except like the sword Ashra. is always destined to like fuck with vampires. Yeah, and so Ashra oh. just happened to be another yet another pawn used to that end. Pretty shitty vampire yeah. So Ashra is just bloodlust out the wazoo. She just starts murdering thousands and thousands of vampires nonstop. Just, you know, slice a head off here, lunge, stab through heart over there, until she is finally stopped by Nitara, who worked so hard <gasps> to liberate her realm and free the vampires and start to repopulate them. Nitara is pissed off. She beats the shit out of Ashra, um, but she fails in getting the sword away from Ashra. Oh. And whatever force teleported Ashra to Vaternus teleports her away just in time to <gasps> survive the attack from Nitara. She she winds up in a realm called Edenia. And uh, Edenia, the sexy oh. wizard realm that she yeah. had been to earlier. Oh, man, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, And she's yeah. like, hey, I kind of recognize this place. I think we tried to conquer it a while ago. And then probably starts, like, cleaning her sword and is like, ooh, I wonder if there's any evil to purge. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I And I feel like, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting dilemma because, like, there would be evil in great supply in the vampire realm and in the demon realm, but in the sexy wizard realm, maybe not as prevalent. Definitely not as prevalent, except for the very specific window of time that she'd been transported to attend her in. (laughs) Well, perfect. She happened to arrive during an extremely binary war between two armies that had literally named themselves the army of light and the army of darkness. Sometimes things are just cut and dry that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So I guess they went by like the forces of light and the forces of dark. But either way, mm-hmm. it was basically all the good guys in Mortal Kombat and all the bad guys in Mortal Kombat. And despite the fact that Ashra arguably is not a good guy, she yes. rushed over to the forces of light and is like, I don't even know what we're fighting about, but I want to get in there and kill some forces of evil people. Um, And... At the same time, Natara had actually traveled to this war 
because the stakes of the war were, it was one of the situations where it's like, hey, whoever survives is going to get a special wish granted, have unlimited power, the power of the one being themselves, yada yada. So she was like, I could fix all the vampires that I lost yet again. Oh. Um, So Ashura was like, oh, sick. I think I just spotted that vampire that I didn't get to kill. And a bunch of other evil people. Yeah. Um, And so she storms into this battle. It's known as the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, and she like full on dies <laughs> oh. pretty quickly is just, is just killed after all that. She was deeply outclassed. I mean, Luke Kang was there. Yeah. Shinnok yeah. had been resurrected and he was there. Quan Chi was there. Um, Noob Saiba was back. He was there again. Atara was there as covered and then like a whole bunch of other people. So who got, what ended up happening with Chris? Uh, Chris was left at the bottom of this pyramid where the war was happening. And uh, at that point, Shao Kahn, a very evil emperor, actually wound up getting to the top of this pyramid and winning the war. But uh, Raiden, the god who was assigned to protect Earth, um, who was actually the person who helped drive Shinnok away in the past, um, Mm. he wound up uh, turning back time sending a message back in time that changed the way that things happened from that point forward. Classic move. Yeah. And, and, uh, and in that new timeline, no one ever finds Chris, including Ashra. We don't know what happened. Ashra oh. has yet to be seen in this new timeline, actually, so, which I should mention so just got new... erased again. <laughs> oh, my God. So wait, so if that timeline was erased yeah. and then did she, exist did she she never found chris when she was hiding out in the cave from or wherever it was from her sister yeah if i had to guess so in this newer timeline things happen differently um we don't know what's up with the vampires i think natara is mentioned but only by someone who dated her (laughs) so (laughs) the vampires exist but we don't know what they're doing other than like boning uh, specifically boning Aaron Black, this cowboy guy. Um, this is hot, hot. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, the classic vampire move. Oh yeah, vampires love to bone. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, we know the vampires exist, but it's unclear if their realm has been merged with Outworld in this timeline, and if Datusho was ever created, and if. Thus, if Chris exists, and then as far as Ashra goes in this new timeline, because it's never really addressed, the best I could guess is that she is in the Nether Realm. She is among the other demons. She was a part of Shinnok's army when he did invade, but in this timeline, his the invasion went very differently. So she either wound up dying, like in service of Shinnok in one of those wars. There were two different wars that he like waged on Earth, or she continued to live in the Nether Realm throughout the next Emperor of the Nether Realm's reign, who ironically enough was Liu Kang in this timeline. Oh. pretty pretty tight. It's like a real a real heel turn. Um, possibly she lived under his reign as well, uh, and then ultimately the entire timeline got erased and started again from what appears to be like maybe the year like 1000 <laughs> whoa so the, so, they, the timeline got wiped wiped 
Yeah, like 1000 AD, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that would have been when. But uh, yeah, so regardless, from here on out, Ashra may show up again. She was rumored to be like DLC for for Mortal Kombat 11, but they just announced that they're done with DLC. So um, I don't know if maybe that means she'll show up in 12 or if it just wasn't true. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, she could show up again in the future. It's really hard to say what role she'd have to play. Um, Right, because then they'd have to go back and sort of address that whole nerfed timeline. Yeah, I think, I mean... So Luke Kang is also the person in charge of this new timeline <laughs> that has been created. Uh, so a big thing on his agenda, I believe, unless he has good reason, will be stopping all of the realms from merging and Shinnok from invading. So uh. probably the vampires do not get genocided. Probably. And probably Shinnok does not uh, overthrow Lucifer. In this timeline. So either Ashra just lives out or lives and dies in the nether realm, like uh, as a burnout, just like doesn't really, you know, <laughs> make anything of herself. Like yeah. kind of just does her doesn't thing. Doesn't join a call. Yeah. Li- lives a life. Yeah, what a loser. Um, Or, <laughs> or uh, if Liu Kang sees any potential in her, I could see a possibility of like, maybe the nether realm deserves some, positive uh role models for the world maybe they could show that they don't just have to be i mean they in a literal sense they do have to be evil but um you know maybe that's not so black and white maybe evil itself is is uh has more shades of gray than we might we might know right Uh, i think would be a prime candidate in a world in which there is something called the forces of darkness and the forces of light i Mm -hmm. would imagine that morality tends not to go very gray. But that being said, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, you can't make a general about the entire realm, right? Mortal Kombat's interesting, morally speaking, in that on the one hand, I do think that as I tell these stories, it becomes very apparent that in the world of Mortal Kombat, people can change. People can grow. That's true, yeah. People can people can become less selfish. People can become more selfish. People can change for good and for bad. At the same time, a recurring theme in basically all of these stories is that people make the same mistakes over and over again and they do not learn from them. <laughs> ha. So uh mixed signals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen for Asha. I do hope. I'll say this. She, historically speaking, in all of Mortal Kombat, has been one of the characters that I have been least interested in mm-hmm. to the extent that a lot of this stuff was, I kind of knew it, but at the same time, I was like, oh, really? Well, that's kind of interesting. Oh, okay. And now, after like telling her story, I'm like, I admire her and would like to see that character show up again. Yeah. If nothing else, she's curious. Yes, there is. There is, you know, I mean, that's the thing about an I want song is it makes you Mm -hmm. fall in love with 
that protagonist, uh, you know, and, and understand their desires. And she had a, a, such a such a lofty goal, um, yeah. and had quite a journey. And yeah, and there's plenty left to answer, I'd say. But then you have to fuck with time, and you know, it's not. I mean, chronologically speaking, if she isn't a thousand years old, which I don't know, she might be, uh, she'll be born eventually unless there's a reason to strike her from the timeline in this new timeline. Yeah. So um, maybe she'll be set up to make better choices this time around or will be equipped with more opportunities than she had. Uh, or maybe Mortal Kombat will just abandon her and forget that she exists. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess having to have so many different characters over the many decades of of its existence, you know, you you can't tie up all the threads. No. Um, but it is a very fertile ground for, um, you know, sort of going back into the lore and bringing back uh, fan favorites, or if not favorites, then fan. Mavericks. Things that people, yes, people are aware of. Cognizant of, yeah. Characters that fans are generally agnostic towards. <laughs> but are vaguely aware of the existence of, yes. I mean, she is one of those characters where I'm like, yeah, I think the, the common Mortal Kombat fan isn't like hyper aware of her or very interested, but... I'm certain you could find smutty fan art from someone oh, who's yeah. very, very interested in Ashra Rule if you were to look for know? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, well, before we do wrap things up, Erica, did you have any final thoughts on Ashra other than other than wishing her well and, and, and hoping that she pops up again one day? Yeah, I mean, I do. It, it's it's so funny because she she does feel so far removed from you know everything that's happening, and she only has only appeared, um, but briefly. But it is it is interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, you know, we we love uh, a, a named sword and a, and a failed True. cult and a, um, you know a, a desire to become an angel. Like it's all like an avenging angel figure is always very interesting, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's literal. Yeah, so so I feel like there's there's a lot there, and I do. I wish her well. I, I and and I and I'd like to know more, and and I'm glad I got to hear about about the journey that she did have in that timeline that is now defunct. Yeah, eviscerated. I mean, yeah. she missed like an entire timeline. She skipped one. So <laughs> So I don't know, it'd be it'd be nice to see her pop up in this third timeline that we will apparently have in, in the yeah. future. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, well, before we do wrap things up, there's one last segment of the show, Erica, and this is a segment I like to call Choose Your Destiny. In which I ask you, now that you're a little bit more aware of the various realms and races and creatures and alliances and forces that exist in the world of Mortal Kombat, if Erika Ishii was in the world of Mortal Kombat, uh, who would she be? What would she be? Oh, I mean, I have to rep the uh, vam- the vampire realm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like very very important. You are literally wearing a shirt that says "Vampire Daddy." I see. Now that you pan down, (laughs) yes, yes. Oh, that's tight. (laughs) I mean, it's just you know, I I I gotta be me. Hot (laughs) wizard 
plane sounds good, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I could see you fitting think, it into Daniel. Yeah, I mean, I it, to be real though, yeah, I think I'd end up in the in the vampire plane. A, va- a classical Vaternus. Now, would you uh, would you be like a vampire freedom fighter? Would you be like a, I've kind of accepted that you know fuck the world. I'm just gonna live my. I'm gonna be a hedonist kind of vampire. No, or- no, I I am the kind of vampire that would uh, that would 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 throw off the yoke of oppression. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're like the outworld is taken over, and now I'm gonna like go on my you know, revenge, be an avenging angel, yes. as it were. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. With my big old leathery bat wings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and leather pants that yeah. they wear, all the vampires wear. Yeah. I mean, t- they're vampires, right? You know? Right, yeah. Oh, not going to not wear leather beard. pants. Do yeah. they get hot in those, do you think? Oh, my God. Well, I, I, I don't know the rule. I was about to ask, what are the rules of vampirism in Mortal Kombat? You know, is it the, the, your classic? It's pretty close, yeah. Undead, and, and like if it's a, the whole realm is vampires, right? Yeah, so the vampires, I guess, are more of like a fantasy creature in the world of Mortal so, Kombat, where it's like you're born a vampire, you die a vampire. Oh, okay. When you're a vamp, you're a vamp. All the vamp way, all the one way. of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess like they probably get they probably get hot. In the summer and those things. Yeah. Although, I mean, it's, a, I mean, like it's, it's at night, so at least it's cooled down a little bit. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, great answer. Uh, I should have known. The reveal of the vampire shirt was a delightful surprise. <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, Erica, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a delight to share Ashra's story with you. It was um, it was my honor. I had such a good time. I love story time, you know. And and mm-hmm. I got to say, one of my formative memories, you know, as a kid other than playing video games, was also my parents uh telling me stories before bedtime. And that was very important to me. And I feel like you, you know, in both in your career and as your uh new capacity as father, um have that nailed. The storytelling part absolutely absolutely killing it. Beautiful. I will be telling my daughter this story. This is me workshopping it, and now I'm going to start telling it to her in indigestible pieces. Once over upon the next, a time, yeah. there a realm was called a Vaternus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's not I making memories it. yet. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate the compliment. I do truly enjoy uh, telling these stories and sharing them with my friends, especially friends that I know are t- completely in the bag. For violent uh, fantasy oh, stuff. Down. Oh, yeah. down. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Thank you well, so Erica, much, Ben. <laughs> uh, if the listeners at home want to find more Erica Ishii, which of course they do, where can they find it? I'm on Twitter at Erica Ishii. I'm on Instagram at the Erica Ishii. And uh, occasionally I'm on TikTok at the Erica Ishii. Um, nice. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always hard because, you know, there's so many projects that are still. Yeah. What's your most heavily NDA project that you have coming up? That would probably be a nice try. What's, what's everything you can say about the most heavily NDA project you have coming up? Oh, probably. Well, I mean, it was such a surprise to me that they let me, or that they announced that I was in. Halo, mm-hmm. Halo Infinite, which is not out until and you're playing Master uh, Chief, right? Holiday. Uh, well, that part still. Uh, oh. you gotta, I guess you'll just have to play and find out. Ooh, <laughs> Melissa Chief, Master Chief's mom. 
Um, Melissa Chief, tweet tweet that. I guarantee you, somebody's gonna pick that up. You yeah, add it to your. You gotta probably. branch out to video games, yeah. yeah, you gotta, you gotta add to your that portfolio of yours. Of my lies that I. Your lies. <laughs> your lying lies. That I spread throughout the world wide web. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> uh, well, Eric, oh thanks again. This is such a delight. Um, audience, as always, thank you for listening. And finish him.